New Thought Guy. I want to start out with a uh, quote from the uh, Talmud, or sing a ballad, one or the other, because I feel like that's what I'm doing, the way I took this mic off. Um, from the Talmud, we see the world not as it is, but as we are. There was a hungry, hungry beggar walking up the street on Rodeo Drive, and he bumped into a well-dressed, kind of plump guy who was shopping. And he said to this plump guy, Sir, I, I haven't eaten anything for several days. Can you help me? The plump guy walked past him and replied, God, I wish I had your willpower. We see the world not as it is, but as we are. So biases, everybody's got them. I got some, you got some. We all have some sort of biases. They're not always against uh, a people or a type of people. They could be a predisposition about a place or an idea or religion in general or that word God. That's a big bias. Um, but any biases we have interferes with or impairs our judgment. At 7.51 a.m. on Friday, January 12th in the year 2007, in the middle of the morning rush hour, a youngish white man in jeans, a long sleeve t-shirt, and a Washington Nationals baseball cap entered the La Enfant Plaza Metro subway station in Washington, D.C. From a small case, he removed a violin, and he placed the open case at his feet and threw in a few dollars and some change, and then flipped it around so that people could see it, and pedestrian traffic could, you know, throw some money in there for him. He then swiveled it to face the pedestrian traffic and began to play. In the next 43 minutes that he stood there and played, uh, he performed six classical pieces. And he started with this 14-minute, very difficult piece from uh, Bach called the Chan Chanson. And during those 43 minutes, approximately 1,097 people passed by as he played. And almost all of them, of course, were on their way to work. And most of them were in government jobs, because we're here in the main metro station in Washington, D.C. Each passerby had a quick choice to make, right? We've all kind of made that choice, maybe not in the subway station. We may have made it on Venice Beach, especially, and other places. Um, do you stop and listen? Do you hurry past with a little blend of, of guilt and irritation, maybe fascinated by this uh, street performer and yet maybe a little uh, pissed because, you know, there's this idea that you should stop it and then drop some money in whatever they have there. Do you throw a buck in just to be polite? Does your decision change if the performer's really bad <laughs> or really good? Do you have time for the beauty or do you make time for the beauty that is there in front of you, the beauty of music? And shouldn't you? 
no matter how much in a hurry you are, what meeting you need to get to, shouldn't you stop and witness beauty? This gentleman made about $40, not quite $40 for the time he played, which isn't bad considering, <laughs> considering it's a little less than an hour. It's 40 bucks an hour, it's not so, not so bad. Unbeknownst to all but one of those 1,100 people, it was a performer who, it has been said, plays like God. He was playing on a $3.5 million Gibson X Huberman handcrafted in 1713 by Antonio Stradivari. This person can command $1,000 per minute, <laughs> if you put it down to minutes, for his talent. And he's internationally known. And only one person in 43 minutes recognized him or his talent or took the time to stop and listen. There was one little boy, but his mother kind of pulled him away. <laughs> that performer was Joshua Bell. And this really happened. And it was about, it, 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 the Washington Post actually sponsored this. And it was about to see what people's perception of life was, what people's perception of, of, of a performer, a street performer is. Do they know, do we understand, do we take the time, do we, do we perceive the beauty that is right in front of us? To go see him in concert would probably cost you a hundred bucks, at least. Roberto Bolano, he's a Chilean novelist, said people see what they want to see and what people want to see never has anything to do with the truth. So the theme of this year is perception. So everything I talk about this year will explore what perception is, what our perceptions are, how our perceptions got here, and what we are to do with them. Because perception flavors our beliefs. And of course, our beliefs create our experiences. Now, the January theme, as Caressa said, is elemental living, the basics of life. Now, usually in this philosophy, people spend the first um, four weeks in January speaking about the first four chapters in the Science of Mind book. And we sort of will in a way, but I'm not going to dig in like that. But as I was thinking about it several weeks ago, I thought, well, that's the elements of this philosophy, is those four chapters. What are the elements of all life? In uh, A Brief History of Time, Stephen Hawking said, Aristotle believed that all the matter in the universe was made up of four basic elements, earth, air, fire, and water. These elements were acted on by two forces, gravity, the tendency for earth and water to sink, and levity, the tendency for air and fire to rise. The division of the contents of the universe into matter and force is still used today. 
This week, we start with air. And we start with five aspects of air. Oh. And for that, I want to read some, some sections of this book. It's a book I really adore, and if you haven't read it, I, um, I suggest you get it. It's called The Natural History of the Senses by Diane Ackerman. Um, let me go to the chapter called Vision. She says, you are standing in the sky. When, when we think of the sky, we tend to look up. But the sky actually begins at the earth. We walk through it, yell into it, rake leaves, wash the dog, and drive cars in it. We breathe it deep within us. With every breath, we inhale millions of molecules of sky, heat them briefly, and then exhale them back into the world. At this moment, you are breathing some of the same molecules once breathed by Leonardo da Vinci, William Shakespeare, and Bradstreet or Colette. Inhale deeply. So air, this air stuff that is everywhere, can be enjoyed by all the senses, of course. It's all around us. We can't exist without it. And she continues by saying, in a mere ounce of air, there are 1,000 billion trillion, <laughs> that's a big word, 1,000 billion trillion gyrating atoms made up of oxygen, nitrogen, and hydrogen, and other things, argon, etc. Each a menagerie of electrons, quartz, and ghostly neutrinos. Sometimes we marvel at how calm the day is, or how still the night. Yet there is no stillness in the sky or anywhere else where life and matter meet. The air is always vibrant and aglow, full of volatile gases, staggering spores, dust, viruses, fungi, and animals, all stirred by a skirling and relentless wind. Our thoughts are like that. Our thoughts are a whirlwind of ideas going in and out and around. Some stick, some come back, some never come back, some lie in the unconscious and get in our way. Some lie in the unconscious and allow us to soar and zoom all the time, too. Some lie in the subconscious, waiting. Some are habits. And the most powerful, of course, are the conscious ones. Some are clean and fresh, like the air. Some are tainted and polluted, like the air. When we say that our distant ancestors crawled out onto the land, we forget to add that they really moved from one ocean to another, from the upper fathoms of water to the deepest fathom of air. Breath. I've talked about how breath is a spiritual practice. Breathing is a spiritual practice. 
and that when we attach ourselves to the breath, when we use more than our lungs to inhale, inhale and exhale life, we also use our mind and our heart and our intuition to breathe the air of prosperity, the air of sometimes laugh, the air of love, sometimes hate, or some version of that word, the air of faith, sometimes we allow the air of fear to step in. And we get to perceive what that air is, and we get to choose what air we inhale and what air we exhale. What ideas we bring into our lives and what ideas we release from our lives. There was a former aerospace engineer, his name was Marion Franklin Rudy, and he introduced the air innovation to Phil Knight in 1977. Now this was placing tiny airbags in the soles of shoes to soften the impact. Now the first shoe to incorporate this air cushioning was the 1978 Nike Tailwind. <laughs> it was a running shoe which grew in popularity as the researchers at the University of Tennessee discovered that athletes used less energy when running in the Nike Tailwind compared to other conventional running shoes. And then eventually, of course, they made it so you could actually see the air pockets and then they raised the price. <laughs> you could see the air pockets, that was worth an extra $100. So what do you do? What do I do? What do we do to use less energy but stay energized? You know, it takes a lot of energy to uh, be mad at somebody, to be fearful of something, to frown. What is that? What is the saying? It takes uh, more energy to frown than it does to smile. What do you do to use less energy but stay energized, to feel free and peaceful, to surrender control, that uses less energy. When we surrender control of another person, of their, of their opinions about us or anything else, when we surrender that, and okay, that's nice, have at it, I'm over here with this idea, with this opinion. I'm not here to change your judgment, to change your bias, I'm here to have control over my biases, my judgments. Trust your intuition, that's, a, that's another way to use less energy. When you trust your intuition, when you trust what you're hearing in your gut, not just your head or your ears, but what you're hearing in your gut from the divine when you commune with God, when you commune with divine presence. When we show compassion and kindness to ourselves and others, Less energy is used. Believing this simple truth that I am enough makes our life use less energy, but energizes us. I am enough. I have everything I need to do whatever I want. Now, maybe sometimes I need to bring some knowledge in Maybe sometimes I need to bring some allies into my uh, area, or I need to bring some experts. 
But I am enough to bring that. I am enough to, to be empowered to make the decision that the universe will do whatever it needs to do to bring to me the experts, the knowledge, the money, the love, the ally to step into whatever idea I'm stepping into. The word air also means song. For those who um, sing any classical uh, music, uh, an air is, is another word for an aria or a um, classical song. It's also, I found out, a French music duo was named Air. They're, they're a band. They're still around. They're from Versailles, and their big hit was from their debut album called Moon Safari, and the big hit was Sexy Boy. <laughs> and uh, that was in 1998. But then they followed it up with a second album called The Virgin Suicides, which became the score to Sofia Coppola's uh, movie, Virgin Suicide. Just a little silly thing about the word air as I looked it up. So what song do you sing? What air do you sing? What is your aria of life? Is it this? Is it doing this? What words are you using a lot? We were talking about words. What words are you using in your life? We have to start catching ourselves with the, with the words that are going through our heads. And some of them we have to tell them to take a hike. Because we have, um, we are affected by the words we allow to run through our head. Negative, positive, in between. We are affected by that. So what's the self-talk going on? It's time for us as we start this new year to take a look at and listen to what we say to ourselves in our head. Because what's going through in your head probably happens unconsciously as well. And that's when we start getting into trouble, or that's when we start busting through soaring and zooming, depending on the habit of the word that we're stepping in. Do we have it of, do we have a habit of, I'm too old, I lack this, I don't have the whatever? Or do we have words like, I'm going to bring this into our life. I'm going to do this. I'm going to figure this out. I know how to do this someone else will show me how to do that. Are we optimizing our lives by saying positive things, by doing positive spiritual practice, or are we just letting the statistics catch up with us? The fifth idea about air I want to bring up is our air. The air that you have. The, the general impression or manner or look or aspect or atmosphere that you convey. That is your air. I convey this, that, or another. Depending on the other person, I may, I may uh, air um, leadership or silliness or um, wisdom or inspiration. You may have an air of confidence or wisdom or an air of always knowing what you need to know. Or an air of, I, I, you know, laid back, 
everything happens good, all's good, people have that air too. What you take flight from, through, and as is the air that you exude, that comes out from you. We all have it. See, truth is universal, perception of truth is not. So we want to clean up the air that is not only in our lungs, in our atmosphere, but in our hearts. The air in our mind, the air in our thoughts, our feelings, our beliefs. That's all air that we have control of. It is air we can ventilate. So we can circulate the good in mind and action and recirculate that and keep circulating that and then busting through and circulating it at an even upgraded level. But let's not ventilate by concentrating on removing. It happens so much in resolutions. I'm not going to do X, Y, Z. I'm going to stop X, Y, Z. It happens so much, especially as the new year goes. We're, we're five days in. I did a talk once where, I, where, where it was like the fifth or the seventh or something, and I said, so how many have kept with your resolutions now a week later? Positive, forward, that's what we want to ventilate. We want to ventilate by approving the truth in all, which is the divinity in all, we want to ventilate by behooving the truth into our daily thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. Behoove it. Bring it. Bring it into your life. Bring that truth into, the into your life. I am enough. I have the power. I can reveal the divinity in me. I have the tools, or the tools are being brought to me to do X, Y, or Z. Ventilate by improving our consistent, intentional spiritual practice. If you have any resolution this year, it's to increase your spiritual practice to, to daily. Prayer, chanting, rituals, vision boarding, which we'll talk about a little later, visualizing, meditation, quiet walks on the beach. That's a spiritual practice. It's also a, a nice date, too, but <laughs> reading. Reading is a spiritual practice when we contemplate what we read. When we think about what Diane Ackerman is talking about. Affirmations, morning routines. I was looking over the internet of morning routines of, of uh, well-known people and, uh, of course, uh, successful people and what their morning routines are whether it's they get up and they exercise right away or they, they get up and do a meditation or they, they get up and do this, that, or the other. And the biggest thing was they don't get up and figure out their goals for the day, first off. They don't look at their email, first off, which I'm a little guilty of sometimes. I get up and I get start working. Instead of getting up and allowing the divine to come in, and reconnecting and communing with that power so that I can spend the day vibrating that way. Ventilation through revelation clears the air. We breathe the air of truth 
we put on our best air by being our divine selves. And let us, as we step into 2020, with clear vision and all that clarity, let's dive into the air of joy. Let's dive into the air of success. Let's dive into the air of vitality and opulence. We get to choose the air. We get to choose the air we breathe. We can go to a, a, a forest and have more negative ions going on or near the ocean and have more negative ions going on and the air seems fresher. It probably is fresher. We can go elsewhere. We can vacation places where the air is fresher. But we also can air ideas into our lives which are fresh and new which are truthful, which reminds us of the opulence that is there for us in all parts of our lives, the prosperity that is there for us in all parts of our lives. All we have to do is breathe. Thank you, Namaste. Namaste. Thought Guy.